Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. I got serious about radio and podcasting in 2005. And before I hit record, I was trying to think about how many interviews I've done over the years. I'm going to say between 500 and 1,000. At least 500, probably not 1,000, but probably closer to 1,000 than 500. <laughs> Let's just say this. I have done a lot of interviews. Some have been amazing. And for a long time, every time that would happen, I would think, yeah, I finally got this. Then I would go into the next one and it would be a train wreck. And a lot of them have been train wrecks, actually. I had a guest who walked out on me once, for example. I've got guests that aren't qualified or they're not talkers or they're a jerk. I've had people trick me or drag me into their shit. Let me give you an example. I had a guy, this is an incident I've talked about here before because it's so memorable to me and it made me so mad. I call him the Christian pedophile because that's what he is. We didn't know that at the time, but this guy was using our platform to make himself look better within that community. He was leveraging our good name and our huge platform to broadcast a persona that didn't exist. You can look this guy up. This thing's still being worked out in the courts. I'm not going to even use his name, but he has the same name, the exact same name. It's kind of a common, boring name of a guy who is uh, caught in between days and the singer of um, an alternative rock band from the 1980s, early 90s. And every Friday he's in love. You figure it out. Anyway, we didn't know about this going in, but when the news broke, we handled it that day. We removed all mention of our association with this guy. I include this to say that there's a lot to getting a good interview. You've got to have a great guest. You've got to be great. You've got to have a great conversation. People have to be in a good mood. You want the truth coming out from your guest. and You want something that's going to help people. I don't want to get too far off on a tangent here, but let's just say... There are a lot of moving parts, and if you interview enough people, you are going to have some interviews that don't work out. But there are a few things that I've learned from doing so many interviews. These things have helped me to get more good and even great interviews than not so great interviews. And I'm going to share three of those big ideas with you. These are things that you can do right now to make your next interview better. The first one a pre-interview. A pre-interview is simply getting on the phone with your guest, maybe 15 minutes, to go over some things, to build some rapport, to find out what he or she wants to talk about, to learn something about him and talk to him in a way that you wouldn't normally find out or wouldn't normally do while you're doing your podcast or while you're doing your radio show. It's getting to know the person and it's also letting the person know what to expect when you do your podcast, you want your guests to be comfortable. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to let them know what to expect. Hey, here's how we're going to be connecting. We'll be doing the interview remotely. Here's the software that we are using. If you make a mistake, don't worry about it. I make mistakes too. We'll fix that in the mix. If I say your name wrong, let me know then rather than let me know after the fact. It's simply rapport building. 
although it can be a lot more. A lot of this stuff is secondary. It's like when you see somebody for the second time, you've built a little bit of rapport. Say, hey, man, good to see you again. You don't have to go through those awkward stages. That's why you do a pre-interview. So that's number one. The second thing, this is kind of related to that, act like rapport is already there. Act like you know the person. Even if you've not done that pre-interview, let's say you've got a guest that walks in the studio with you. Never seen him before. He's never seen you before. Act like you know him. Hey, how you doing? Great to see you. Doesn't have to be weird. Don't thank you, sir. Thank you so much for being here. Don't put your guest on a pedestal. You can respect them, but you don't need to be doing some kind of weird fanboy something or act like you don't know them. You should know something about them because you've read up on them. If possible, you've done the pre-interview. You've asked people, if you can't do the pre-interview, what should I ask this guest? And with all that, bring that attitude. Act like rapport is already there. Act like you're old friends and you're sitting down for a chat and you're comfortable asking questions and the guest make that assumption that that guest is comfortable giving you great answers. Third big idea of giving your next interview a better shot of being great, be comfortable with silence. When you ask a question, assume that your question was clear and be quiet. This is something I have to watch out with myself. I'll ask a question and then I'll go on and on and on about it just to make sure that I'm understood. Or I'll say something like, is it like this or is it like that? Leading the guest in a direction that I feel comfortable with so I can go in a new direction. Because if you just ask the question, and let's say it's something simple, what's your favorite smell? You don't know where that's going to go. But you've got to trust wherever it does go, you're going to be able to handle it. What you don't want is, what's your favorite smell? Is it roses or is it fresh cut grass? Ugh boring. We do that because we don't trust ourselves. And we do that because we don't trust our guest. You'll see this a lot on biased talk radio shows. Let's say it's a political talk radio show. They've got their candidate in there and they're trying to make their candidate the best he can sound. And they will lead that candidate in to what their listeners want from a candidate. Do not do that. It's your job to make your guests look good by doing a pre-interview, by editing things ums, ahs, maybe editing for content, but it is not your job to save your guest because he doesn't know how to answer a question. So state that question, assume that you're getting it out correctly, and be quiet. At the top of this episode, I mentioned that I've done several interviews, several hundred interviews. problem I've seen in other people, a problem that I've experienced for myself, is that even experienced interviewers can get into ruts and their interviews can get stale. An air check If you're not familiar with that term, that's basically where a program director or producer, maybe an engineer would even do it. If your engineer is maybe not having a good experience editing you and wants to go over a few things as you're doing that you could do better to make those edits easier. Anyway, an air check is when somebody listens to your tape with you and gives you feedback. One of the things that I was talking to with the producer of my radio show that he finds a lot is that DJs, hosts, podcasters, broadcasters, whatever you want to call people like us, we get into phrases that we say again and again and again. And where I do my talk radio show, it is also a music station. I'm the only talk radio show on that station. The only reason I'm there is because the show is about music. So it's a music station. 
So he was talking about some of the other DJs and what he runs into with them and what he was running into with me. And the reason he even mentioned them, because he was saying like, no, man, don't worry about this. This happens to everybody. These DJs will use these phrases like, here's the latest effort from insert band here. And that was blah, blah, blah off their latest effort, insert album here. So you have a phrase like latest effort, or if it's an English band coming in from across the pond, it's insert band here. That was the latest effort from insert band here coming from across the pond. And you'll hear those things again and again and again. And people are like, uh, it's just not keeping them awake because it's the same old thing. I have one of those he called me on. I would say a topic such as pale in the music industry. Talk about it. (laughs) I would say talk about it after something. I would list a topic. Talk about it. Hookers and blow for radio play. Talk about it. (laughs) And he said, hey, man, it's not a bad thing. I just want you to be aware of it. Ask a question. (laughs) Don't just name something and say, talk about it. You can definitely hear this in podcasting. I'm going to pick on Tim Ferriss since I like to punch up. This is somebody who's doing really well and somebody that you've probably heard a lot of. He always does this thing where he deconstructs something. And that's the exact wording he uses. Like somebody will do something like hula hoop for 10 hours at a time or win a car race or do a thousand push-ups, or whatever people are doing on the Tim Ferriss show. And he'll say, let's deconstruct that. And he's got his way of breaking whatever it is that that guest did down into little bitty pieces. I would call that a rut. I mean, on one hand, it's good content. And that content is one of the reasons that people listen to him. But on the other hand, is there a back door, or a side door, or a slicker way to get into that content other than saying, let's deconstruct that? It's something to be aware of in your hosting, especially when it comes to questions. You don't want to be one of those guys who asks the same questions every single interview. There is a tool available to you to help you with that. I was at a podcasting event a few months ago. I picked it up. It's called Pod Decks like a deck of cards. It actually is a deck of cards, a deck of cards with questions or topics or elements to get you thinking as a host in a different way. I didn't actually get the deck. I just got a few samples. I'm going to tell you in a second how I use them. I think you're going to be interested in it. Again, it's like a deck of playing cards, a question on each card. And there are a lot of ways to use them. For example, you could have a segment of your show where somebody picks from the deck has to answer that question. Or if it's a remote interview, you draw from the deck. And of course, you could have a list of questions on paper. But if you really want to get into the showmanship of podcasting, if I had a deck of cards here, you can really zip, shuffle it, rifle through it. You can really draw this thing out and get the listener's attention. If you're on video, or maybe you can just describe this. If you're on audio, spread it out on the table in front of you. You know, make it an event. Here's how I use them. As I mentioned, I didn't get the full deck. I just got a handful of them that I saw laying out. I said, I'm going to use this. And here's how I'm using it. On the next couple of episodes, I've got a couple of different podcasters joining me. I'm going to be using pod decks on those episodes, but it's going to be secret. It's going to be our secret. You're going to know, and I'm going to know. These guys, they're not going to know. Even if they hear this episode, because I've already done these. I'm going back in time. And I'm putting these episodes into the future. How cool is that? So these guys didn't know when I interviewed them that 
I was using Poddeck. So we talk about it. We talk about it. Is this a good tool for podcasters? How can you use them? Spoiler alert, I think it is a good tool. I think it's something that's going to get you thinking about doing better interviews for your podcast. I think it's something that's good for beginners, even if you have to rely on it a little bit too heavily, because the best thing that you can do as a beginning podcaster or as an intermediate or advanced podcaster when it comes to doing better interviews is to actually do interviews. And what I talked about earlier, pre-interviews, assuming rapport, being quiet after you ask a question, that helps, but you've got to get behind the mic and have that time to become great. So in the next two episodes, two podcasters, one of them I know you know, one of them you should know, that's coming up. We're going to put pod decks to the test, at least the half a dozen or so cards that I've got in front of me. If you want to make sure that you don't miss that episode, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. That's B-I-G podcast.com slash subscribe. While you are there, get the podcast interviewing school. It's a 30-day series where I walk you through a process of becoming a better interviewer. It is free and it is available to you at that same page where you will subscribe to this podcast, Build a Big Podcast, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Thanks for listening to Build a Big Podcast. I'll see you on the next episodes where I'll have my special guest secretly replacing the normal questions I would ask with questions from Poddex. Again, thanks for listening. See you on the next episodes.